0: Welcome to Careers and Mental Health Conversations. This is the podcast where we discuss career counselling, career guidance, mental health awareness and mental health training in the workplace with your hosts, Patrick, Sally, Tina and Amy. Good morning, Fabe. Thank you for joining us today.
1: Oh, you're welcome. Thanks for having me, Sally.
0: So I'm really excited to be speaking to you today because we're going to explore women and the fact that more and more of them are leaving highly paid employed roles and starting their own business. Okay, fabulous. So we know that um, over the last, past two decades uh, there's been a rise, an increase of 46% of women starting their own business. I want to ask you, what do you think's going on there? Why do you think this is happening?
1: Look, I think more and more um, in the corporate world and in the workplace, women are just experiencing so much stress, so much pressure, not enough flexibility around their work hours, and they've got children, they've got other commitments. Uh, yeah, so I think it's just more and more work demands, whereas um, doing something they're passionate about as well, you know, as opposed to just like, turning up for a job nine to five and doing something for someone else. They've got complete control and flexibility.
0: Yeah. So you think it's about that flexibility?
1: Yeah, definitely, definitely. And, and I
0: hear women uh, of my clients they say, "I'm earning less money, I'm working more hours in my own business, but I'm loving what I'm doing."
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. It's the creativity, the passion. Like when when you're doing something that you love, it's not work anymore. You know, it's just fun. I mean, for myself personally. You know, like if people knew the amount of hours I put into it, they'd think I was nuts, but it, it doesn't feel like work. It's almost like therapy and fun.
0: <laughs> yeah. So I guess, um, a lot of women ask me, how do I do this? Like, um, I'm giving up my, hundred and thirty thousand dollar job a year with my company car how do I actually make this change like I've really got this good idea I really want to start it
1: how do I go about it what would you say to those women look I think they need to have a think about their skill sets and what they really enjoy doing because if they're going to make that big jump from a corporate career which is you know well paid but it comes with a whole ton of stress um, they want to, they really want to do something that, that they enjoy. So they need to sit down, look at what they're good at, look at what they enjoy, even going back, you know, in sometimes going back to when they were young, young women and girls and what, what did they enjoy back then? And take, trying to take the skill sets that they, um, have got now combined with the things that they really enjoy and Yeah looking at what they can do in the marketplace also where is there a gap where is there a gap in the marketplace what is something that they can contribute what's their skill sets what have they learned what have they experienced over the years and where they can they actually add value because it's no point in doing something that they love if no one actually you know even wants their service or their expertise So how would
0: you recommend to them that they went about identifying that gap? Because it's really important that we don't give the message out that just jump because we know that, um, a third of businesses fail in the first year. So how do we, how do we equip women that have some wonderful ideas? Where do they go for research? Where's the point of contact? How do they find out this? Where do they go
1: for research as to what they should do now?
0: Well, to where those gaps in the market are. Who's going to help them? Who's going to hold their hand? How do they, how did you start, Faye?
1: How did I start? Well, I suppose it was identifying gap in the marketplace. We had been running conferences around Australia at the time, um, about 10 years ago for women on finances, health and relationships. And while that was great and the women loved them, along the way I just met so many women who who I could see they had a massive amount of skill and yet they still lacked confidence and self-belief to do the things that they really wanted to do in life, whether that was stepping up into a leadership role in their current job, whether it was leaving and starting their own business, they just lacked the confidence. And I thought, um, you know what, I really believe that there was something there that we could contribute. So we set about working out, okay, um, how can we put something together to help build women's confidence. Because, you know, going back even ten years, um, there was massive opportunity, as there is now in Australia, for women to to do things that they've never been allowed to before or permitted to. There's massive opportunity. And then the big question is why aren't they stepping up? And it comes back to just that lack of confidence and self belief. So that yeah. So and that was probably I started doing something I was passionate about and then along the way just came across and it was like this light bulb moment of, oh, wow, you know, there's a real gap there. No one's actually contributing because this the way that they were dealing with it was – let's just skill women up. And it's like, no, don't let's skill women up. Women have lots of skill. You know, as you know, you've met so many women in the corporate marketplace. It just continues to blow me away to this day how many smart, savvy, switched-on, capable women there are in the corporate world. Um, and yet, And yet there was still that lack of confidence and self-belief as to, you know, what they really wanted to do. So in terms of where would they look, um, look, I think what you're doing right now is just, you know, there hasn't been something around for women to go, okay, where can I sit down with someone? I want to transition out. I actually think that's actually been a real gap in the marketplace, mm. Sally. So yeah, it's great. We're finding that, that people
0: transitioning, but not knowing the how. Yes. Um, so yeah, you're right. You've filled a gap and I've filled a gap, but it's often that women, have no clue what they want to do. And I guess ha- how do you think they find that?
1: I think it's going back to, look, there's a beautiful book, uh, The Life Plan by a woman called Shana Kennedy from Melbourne. Um, there's another great book, The Success Principles by Jack Canfield, and both of those books are all about finding out what you're passionate about and mixing that with your skill sets because it can be difficult it's like that's often you know people go oh i've got no idea what i'm passionate about you know so both of those books actually take people through a process of looking at okay not only what are my skill sets but what are the things that really ignite me what are the things that um make me feel most fulfilled make, make me feel the most joyful and those in in those, there's exercises to actually identify what your passion is, so I'd highly recommend them. So let's go to our young women now, uh eighteen
0: year olds, nineteen year olds. They're starting online businesses. Uh, are they sustainable? We don't know, but what do you think the education system can do better to equip the the well, let's call them entrepreneurs that, have a great idea, do you think the education system needs some sort of adjustment for these young people?
1: Look, I think it would be great for them to introduce, you know, almost like a an entrepreneur, entrepreneur's academy into our school system to help prepare them because what they can do, they've got a great idea, they jump online and some of them are successful, um, but I'd say 90% of them, you know, they actually it's like this you know huge wave of emotion and excitement and then a year later you know they've just completely lost all motivation because this great idea that they had they had no foundation and no training to know how to take it to the next level so you're saying you think there is a missing link there yeah, definitely. You know, it's like the, the, the same thing in schools in terms of finances. I've always been very passionate about educating children about finances. Um, you know, our system doesn't do it. The kids come out of high school and all they think is credit card. And like that to me is just such a trap, you know. So we should be educating our kids about managing their finances, managing them well, how to save for a rainy day, you know, that sort of thing. But it's the same in preparing, I think, young women. If we've got more and more women going into that, that space of starting their own business, you know, what is it we can do in terms of our education system to prepare them for that? In terms of, okay, let's look at what you're passionate about. Let's look at what are the skill sets that you might actually need. Um, you know, I think we're talking before, just before about a young woman who wants, wants to be an architect and, more and more the the corporate companies, they don't just want someone who's got a university degree. They want someone who's got the ability to do public speaking, you know, to um to be a good leader. To um yeah, just that whole variety of skill rather than one set thing. So And I one hundred
0: percent agree with you, Fabe, and it's a message that I guess I want our politicians to start listening to because yeah. It's very courageous. I know when I started my business I I started with $8,000 and there's there was no funding to help me. I ended up employing 10 staff and it was hard along the way but I guess then I'm helping support a lot of families but there never seemed to be um any help within our Within our government to support women starting business. It's like put your hand in your pocket and go for it. I- I'm really a big believer that there needs to be more support at a higher level.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, uh,
0: uh, how do you think we can get that message out there? Like,
1: how- look, I think, you know, like you say, it's uh, making politicians aware, of, you know, I'm not aware of any funding that's available. To educate the young girls around that. Do you know of any? I do know
0: there is the NIECE program, but it's, um, it's still not got that entrepreneurial flair to it. Yes. That, you know, we, more and more good ideas are coming out. More and more people can start online businesses, but we tend to still be boxing people into vocation or tertiary there's a middle path there tell me what you think about the the, the youth that don't want to be a vocal, don't want to do um carpentry or electrician or that or, and don't want to go to uni tell me what you think we can do to help those youth
1: look up on the sunshine coast and I don't know what it's like here in brisbane but we um there's an entrepreneurs academy you know, which I think is absolutely fabulous. I think if we could have duplicate more of those around Australia, that would be awesome because it's one thing to have an idea and like the the beautiful thing about entrepreneurs is, is they have these ideas but often they don't know how to take them through to completion, you know, and that's where a good entrepreneur will actually have a team of people around them that can actually, you know, be that male or female that can take their ideas and implement them. So... You know, an entrepreneur, entrepreneur's academy. I know that uh, uh, Jack Deloso, who wrote a book, Unprofessional, and was putting on some conferences for young entrepreneurs called the Unconvention. And what blew me away was at the time, the seminar industry was just taking a massive dive. Um, and yet he was pulling in a thousand young people who were just keen to learn about, you know, how to build a business. But, Fabe, I... There's a syndrome
0: called the imposter syndrome. Have you heard about that? (laughs) Certainly have. So the imposter syndrome is highly intelligent, uh, achieving women that have a really good job, yet in their head they're going, I just got lucky. Oh, it was just the right time at the right place. They're still not acknowledging and believing that they didn't just get lucky, that they are really good at what they do. And a lot of people within this realm use language like I should, I must. It, what does that come back to? What's at the root of that? What What do you advise women when they're at, and I know many of them are feeling like that because they fess up, what, what's your thought on that?
1: Look, it's a typical example and, you know, um, you've got a job, for example, and it's there's 10 criteria there and a, a man will look at the 10 criteria and he might only be able to fill maybe 7 out of the 10. And he'll go, well, I'm going to have a go, you know. And then you've got a woman on the other side. She'll look at it and go, oh, I can only... Do seven out of the 10 and she won't even put herself forward. So it's that lack of confidence. And I suppose that's what we specialize in as a business is really working on helping women break through their limiting beliefs around what they can do, what they can achieve, who they are, um, what they can have for their future, what they can have right now. I know for myself, 25 years ago, I did, um, I went to what I thought was an investment seminar. And ended up being 80% of it was personal development because it's like anything in life. You know, while we can run these entrepreneurial skills and that's awesome and that will give them the practical skill and knowledge to know how to run a business, 80% of business, as you would know too, Sal, is mindset. You know, have being able to get back on the horse when you get a bit of a knockback here or there, being able to just Keep that, that vision for what you really are passionate about and what you want to move forward with. So, um, yeah. So as I say, that's, that's what we really specialize in helping the women get outside their comfort zones because they think, Oh, no, I can only, you know, this is where I'm comfortable. And it's no, you know what? You can actually, you do one thing at your com- outside your comfort zone and you'll be amazed that you'll now all of a sudden be able to do 20 things outside your comfort zone. So, yeah. Green and growing or ripe and rotting, that's, <laughs> that's my it. terminology. And I know that
0: years ago I had a coach that pushed me to the realms um, where I went with no confidence and... I ended up being a finalist in Telstra Businesswoman of the Year only because she pushed me out of my comfort zone. I would have never, ever done that. So I guess the importance of having a mentor or someone beside you and further personal development, we know that we have to have certain qualifications. That's the technical side. But there is also, by 2030, the most required skills are going to be resilience, the ability to be a high-level communicator, uh, confidence. They're going to be the human skills because a lot of robots will be doing technical skills. So yes. the importance of training in what you're doing is paramount but I still feel like it's just words on paper at the moment soft skills they yes, call them yes yes well tell me about those soft skills babe tell me a case where you've taught someone through that process of further confidence and
1: resilience and what it's done look you know there's so many examples that I've seen because when we run run our conferences um or when we run our conferences we actually take the women through a whole process of looking at their limiting beliefs you know where have they come from they generally come from their experiences uh their education and their environment so then we take we get them to identify okay what what are my limiting beliefs what are, what are the things in my life right now that are stopping me from moving ahead what are the things that have been Look, and it can be people in your family very close to you that are just, they don't have the passion for what you're doing. So they say that, you know, perhaps they don't mean to, or it can be co-workers, you know, you'll never do that, you'll never achieve that, or um it could have been your parents when you were younger, you know, or just lack of confidence. So we take them through a whole process of identifying that, uh, writing them down, and then we actually get them to do a really practical exercise, which is a board break. And because women just they they think in their heads that um, because it's a piece of 19 mil you know pine board, there's no way in the world they can do it. But what what uh, we've been doing is well, I teach them the bare formula for success, which is belief plus education plus action equals results. And I think over the years what's what's massively been missing, as you say, Sal, is the the belief. You know, if you've got the belief that you can do something but you don't get the education, then you're not going to get the result that you want. Equally, if you don't have the belief and you've got the education, you're still not going to get the result. So you really got to combine all of those three things to get the result that you want in life. You've got to have your belief, your education, the action, and then I've tested it so many in every area of my life, from my finances to my health to my relationships. If you believe that you can do something, And then you go out and you get the education to know how and then you take action on that. Like there's no point in having the belief and the education if you don't then take a step or move forward and take out action. Then you'll absolutely get the result. As I say, whether it's from, could be anything from your health to a work situation to wanting to be in business. Yeah.
0: And as I say to my clients, it's no use just asking the universe. You have to do something in return. Yeah. And I think one of the things... That's going on from my client base is that they, they often have a brilliant idea, but there's no support. And I remember when I started my business, people would say, be careful. You're giving up a really good job for that. Oh, that won't work. Yes. Yet when I sold my business, my training business recently, they were, they said, we always knew you could do it. So talk to me about changing your thought process because you know that voice that goes chatter 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 chatter. i can't do this Uh, yeah i'm no good those voices talk to me about how you teach people to change those thought processes
1: look we teach them the power of, of what they say and what they think you know because sometimes to change a thought process if you it's great that you can be thinking something, but you 've actually got to correlate what you 're thinking with what you 're saying because if you think um, say for example, you know you might think, Okay, I can do this, but then you go out and have a conversation with someone, and the next thing you're going was oh, I, there's no way in the world I can do this, do you know what I mean, so that brain mind the connection between your mouth and your mind is massive in terms of what you're going to be able to achieve and do in your life and if you're if what you're saying is going totally against what you're thinking and then vice versa if what you're thinking is going against what you're saying you've got to get those two in alignment and that just takes practice it just takes constantly reaffirming to yourself I can do this You know, and then seeking out the education and the knowledge that you need to be able to do this. Mm. So, talk to yourself like you talk to your best friend. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And you know what I find, and it doesn't matter. You know, you talk about the imposter syndrome. I don't care how successful a person, a woman, is in business or in her career or. Or whatever, she still has those times of self doubt and lack of confidence where she's just, look, she's, she's got to put on her Wonder Woman stance before going, it might be, you know, before going into a corporate meeting with a whole, you know, bunch of men or you've just got to, you've got to believe in yourself. You've got to reaffirm that in your, in your thoughts and in your words constantly on a constant I'm talking about on a constant daily sometimes hourly basis depending on what environment you're in what situation you're in because you'll have lots of naysayers you know like I had um, I grew up in a, a family of five brothers and I love my brothers to bits they're great but when I first went down that road of learning about personal development it was uh, with a company and it was like look it was a three-day uh, conference and I thought the worst case scenario was I was guaranteed to get my money back after the second day if I didn't think I'd, you know, um if I didn't think I'd received any value for it. And I was prepared to do that. At the time it was I think it was like two or three thousand dollars. So I went home, and told my brothers, Oh, should have heard it, you know. They just thought they they were like, You've been con, you know, you're an idiot, you know, this is a total scam. Um, but we went on to, then to do a lot of property investment because it was an investment seminar. And even though 80 percent of it, what we learnt or over the weekend was, you know, mindset. What it did was it gave us that foundation to then go on investing property. So it was only it took about three years, and then they were like, "Oh, so what are you doing? Oh, 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 you know, can you show us how? You know." Whereas before it was like, "Oh, you're an idiot, you know." So, yeah.
0: So the message there. Is- is to, A, surround yourself with positive people, but, B, I guess, don't buy into that process? Is that yeah. what you're saying? don't
1: listen to the naysayers. I mean, you know, successful person after successful person, historically, if they'd listened to people that said you can't do it, you know, and it's one thing for someone, you know, when with you selling your business, what, 12 years down the track, to go, oh, we knew you could do it. And it's like, well, why didn't you say that 12 years ago? You know, it's like... (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it's difficult, isn't it? And it is quite
0: often difficult when you have resistance from family and friends, but I guess that comes back to that belief, how passionate are you about this? Importantly, have you planned it? Yes. Have you got the financial backing to do this? Do you need to transition gradually, and and that's big advice. Don't just jump ship and hope for the best. No, that's right. And who is holding your hand through this? Because starting business can be lonely. Yes. So, what would you say to people about that loneliness? Because the it's lonely at the top is kind of true, isn't it?
1: Yeah. Um, Look, I think they need to surround themselves with, you know, male and female mentors that can actually support them in that process. If they're wanting to, you know, like we've been talking a lot about, okay, belief, and that's what we specialise in, in terms of, you know, helping them uh, break through those limiting beliefs to show up with confidence in what they want to do. Um, but then if they can... You know, I've been involved in many women's networks, for example, business networks, and great, you know, it's fabulous to be around successful women in business that don't mind. You know, women are amazing like that, and so are many men, you know. They are happy to be there. So I suppose I would say my old boss used to say, you know, don't um, look for people with a PhD in results, not a PhD, you know, just in, a, you know, just a formal education and then approach that person and go, you know, look, this is what I want to do. Would you be happy just to sort of be someone to bounce off, someone to support me through that process and just, and you'd be amazed at how many people are really happy to do that. You know, you, you think that they're too busy, but busy people are often the ones that get the most done and because they, have had a certain level of success, they are more than, most people are more than happy to, you know, help others be successful as well. I mean, Zig Ziglar, I mean, that was one of his most famous quotes. If you want to be successful, spend your time and your life invested in helping others be successful. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah.
0: That's the place that we both yeah, come from. I know. Uh So that's really great. So let's uh, go back to the transitioning out of a job and into another one. So let's talk about the women out there that are listening. And I know there are many of you that are so stressed. They're juggling a family, they're juggling the finances, and they're juggling a job that they can't stand, but they need the money. What are we going to do? What What advice, what would you to say to those people?
1: Look, if they don't have, you know, funds saved up and capital and reserve to be able to take some time off work, you know, some women it might be a, a matter of, um, they might have long service leave, they might have holiday pay saved up where they can afford to go, okay, I'm going to take three months off and, you know, um, get some things going. I would transition out of something slowly, you know, try and get something going on the side. Yes, that will mean a little bit of extra time, you know, but. If you don't spend a little bit of time doing that, you're going to stay stuck in a job that you don't like, that you hate. You know, Maybe you can cut back to four or three days a week and then spend the other two days a week working on building your business. Will it mean taking a little bit less money? Yes. Will it mean that you are actually working towards something for your future that you love and you enjoy? Yes. Mm, So
0: transitioning even in an employed role from one, um, career path to another can be quite difficult but it's quite achievable because there are so many options out there now so to the woman sitting out there listening to us that's saying I hate my job it's purely for the money just take time to sit back and think about and reflect on what it is that excites you but planning then plan the transition and, as you say, yeah, the absolutely. education because you actually don't have to stay stuck in a job. There are actually many ways to get out of that job. But what disturbs me is the stress levels and the anxiety and and overcoming that anxiety and just having time to breathe. Rushing women's syndrome is a phrase that's now been Coined, how do we help these people, Vape?
1: Look, I think sometimes, you know, as women, we're our own worst enemy. We put so many other people before ourselves. Um, and it's that whole, you know, um, thought process of. The definition of insanity is doing the same old thing and expecting a different result. You've got to change something in your life and you've got to get to the place where you go, you know what? I've had enough. And I mean, unfortunately for some women and for some people, um, it happens at a crisis point because they, they, they won't, don't wait till your life's, till you're absolutely burnt out and frazzled and can't function. Uh, because the lady Shana Kennedy that wrote that book, Life Plan, she was in a super major stressful job, just, you know, burning the candle at both ends to the point where she had chronic stress, chronic fatigue, and she couldn't get out of bed for nearly a year. It's just not worth it, you know. Stop, take a breath and go, you know, is what I'm Is what I'm doing and thinking taking me in the direction I want to go? And if it's not, you have to make some change. And even though that might feel difficult, it might feel scary, you can do it. You know, you can do anything that you set your mind to. You're all amazing, amazing women. You just need someone by your side to help you through that transition, to guide you through it, and that can tell you, you can do this. You know, you've got this.
0: And that's a very valid point is someone by your side, someone, a partner in your success is yeah, what I absolutely. do. And, and I think it's lacking and I think it, it needs to hold a very important weight in, because many of these women go on to start businesses and they have 10 or 20 staff. Suddenly the government loves them because they're a small business yet. They're not there when they need them. And I guess one of my messages is that somehow there needs to be more support, and not just for women, for men, because I will say neither of us are feminists here. Our topic is purely on women. There are many men suffering in a job that they hate, but it doesn't have to be that way. It's about finding out what it is you really want to do, going to talk to someone that's a professional in this industry, and planning. Because what I find is quite often, let's look at our people that have been given redundancies. Yes. There's a whole heap of grief and loss around that Oh, area. absolutely. They've lost their um, colleagues, their networks, their position in life. Yes. And their sense of purpose. Yes. So for these people to be able to get to the next step, someone needs to acknowledge that grief and loss and, and help them through that process. So I guess there's a, there's a lot of, um, gaps there that we at the coalface see, Faye, but, but it, it's kind of shoveled under the carpet.
1: Yeah. And look, I think any, anything in life, if you've got, if you're coming, Providing a solution from several different angles, that's the best way to approach it. You know, it's like the whole issue of, um, you know, gender diversity. And it's not about, you know, just women raising up and, you know, fighting for their rights. It's about us all coming together, recognising that, you know, women are amazing, men are amazing, and what can we all do to support that? Yeah. It's the same with, you know, when you've got that situation where you've got a woman, you know, she's been in a, a job all her life, And all of a sudden she's facing redundancy or a man and it's like, well, flip. What do I do now? So, you know, one of the things that they really need to do is put themselves in an environment where they, um, their confidence is maintained or retained. Or as you say, actually someone that can talk you and take you through that process because it is, you've, it's a grief process. You know, um you've lost something that's been probably so much a part of your identity for such a long time. do you think employers
0: that are handing out the redundancies are are doing enough to transition these people do you what do you see out there you know as CEO of real women global? what do you see um that employers are doing are I don't helping? see them
1: I don't see them doing anything right you that's know? a big point, isn't yeah. it? Because obviously when a company's going through a downsiz,e when they're in a situation where they've got to put people off, they don't necessarily have any extra funds to provide any um, mental health solutions either. You know, I mean, it's rampant. You know, why why are we dealing with so many mental health issues in men and women at work, you know, because more and more pressure is being put on them to perform, you know, because they... They don't have the funds or some of the larger government organisations and corporates want to make more and more money, you know. You've got other organisations that do care really well um, for their staff. So I don't see a lot of employers um, and I don't think it's like anything in in the business world. Nothing. I don't think anything changes too much unless they're made to. So are there a small handful of businesses that would be going to the um, extent of making sure that their staff in that situation are cared for? Absolutely. But if they don't have to do it, then I'd say nine times out of ten they're not doing it. So do you think that's something that should be regulated? I think it would be great in the process. You know, I, I understand when a company's in financial hardship and they've got to put people off, Generally that they're not, that's not because they want to. You know, they're not in a situation necessarily because they want to. Circumstances have changed. The marketplace has changed. Everything's changed. You know, like I had that situation when I was general manager for financial education group in Melbourne. We, the business just took a downturn. You know, things, uh, changed. They changed rapidly and they changed, uh, dramatically. So the income that the business did have coming in they no longer had coming in and it we had dropped by about fifty percent. So we had to act very quickly, just tried to do it in as caring, you know, way that we could. Um could they legislate they could businesses would have to pre plan for that so that they actually had the funds to be able to do that. You know, whether or not governments could provide some sort of um Mental health plan for people that are in those situations. Everything, everything costs money. So it's, you know, how, how do we do that? It's like the horse
0: before the cart. Where yeah. do we really start? Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: So I guess what I'd say to
0: listeners that may be in a position where a, a, you see a redundancy coming up, start stacking up your skills now while you're in that role start doing some short courses, start get out there and start networking, start talking to people, prepare yourself and think about what it is because quite often you'll see a redundancy coming because you'll see the downturn and the glum faces. So that's why lifelong learning is paramount and that's you can't can no longer rely on a qualification that you got at university 20 years ago to take you through it's continual education lifelong learning is what employers are looking for and i've interviewed enough to know that you know that's what they're looking for yeah so what i say to the listeners is Keep on learning, it, whether it's public speaking, whether it's a confidence
1: course, whether it's it doesn't matter yeah. what it is. Emotional intelligence, you know, they're big skills for the workplace these well, days.
0: That, that's in the um, Future Young Australian report. That yes. That's number one skill yeah. for 2030. Now, we can sit here and say the word emotional intelligence, that bandied about continually, mm. but it. it it's just a word. It's something that needs to be taught, and I believe it needs to be taught in the schools. Yeah,
1: I totally agree. I totally so agree. I believe you're doing some
0: work in the schools, Faye. Tell me about that.
1: Yeah, look, we've just put a proposal together because I am passionate about empowering women and um, worked for probably seven and a half years with young men and women. We've put a program together called Empowered Women that we're taking um, into the schools. And they're, look, they're really excited about it. And at the same time, they run a program for the young men, which, you know, is totally awesome. So, yeah, really looking forward to that, really excited about it. We want to really take that out into regional areas where they don't have access to a lot of those sorts of things. We're open to taking it into Indigenous areas. You know, a lot of the young Indigenous women just really lack confidence and self-belief. And that, you know, there's a whole cultural thing around that, and we'd have to get advice and, and support um in terms of that. But, Yeah. Really excited about that.
0: So, Faye, I want to ask you one thing that I really noticed women do brilliantly is they collaborate. Yes. They cross-refer. They help promote other people. They're really, really good at helping others, generally speaking.
1: Yeah, absolutely. What What are your thoughts on that? I think it's our nurturing nature. You know, and look, look, not all women are great at collaborating, but there's, um, a high percentage of women that are really happy to, uh, support and help each other grow. And as a, you know, normally that nurturing side of us, I suppose, comes out because, um, I mean, so I've got, in terms of what you guys are doing now, I just think that's phenomenal. Like helping women transition. Um, because if, if I was in a situation where I've been made redundant and, you know, this job that I was doing the whole time, I was sick of, like, I would have no idea what to do. So I know that you've asked me this morning as to what would I say to someone, you know, what would you say to a young woman who, or an older woman who was in a situation where they're being made redundant?
0: That's, well, that's what Career Development Centre specialize in and, and the reason for specializing in is because I started and owned a training company and I saw so many people enrolling into courses that wasn't necessary. So yeah. when I had my training company, I wouldn't actually allow people to enroll because we'd do a full assessment with them. Yeah. Now, where where we're different, I guess, babe, is that if you go to a career counselor, normally they'll look at your resume and they'll look at your um selection criteria and they'll talk to you about how to interview. We're more than that. Because like I said before, with redundancy, with transition, there's often there's often grief, there's often more going on it 's impacting on their relationships with their family, their kids yeah. their family there 's much more to a person, and so we provide and whilst i don 't like the word holistic, we look at the whole person right and, and quite often we don 't even get to their career to the first se- third session because there's so they need to igno- someone needs to acknowledge their pain and yeah. validate their pain yeah. and allow them a confidential personal space to go through that. And I guess my heart is with my job. I am passionate about doing this, as I know you are. Yeah. I've come to the stage in life where I don't have to work, but I love what I do. And many that brings me to the point of many women business owners, they actually say they'll never retire because – it's finding what you love and making a difference to people's lives. Whatever you're doing, if you're if you're working in retail and you're selling clothes, or if you're a chef, whatever you're doing, you're making a difference, good or bad, to someone's life. And yeah, that's absolutely. what I believe in. So yeah, and I
1: think that's innate in us as humans. We want to make a difference. So if we're in just we're stuck in a rut. You know, where we're not really making a difference. I think that's where we get frustrated. We get burnt out. We just, because yeah, there's just a drive in us to, to make a difference in this world. And, and what if I find a lot that's missing is human
0: contact.
1: Yes. Yeah. I suppose with the introduction of social media these days, mm. it's just less and less. That's why we, we run live events and I'm a big advocate for, for live events, the contact and, you know, the science behind that, you know, the, the brain and, and how it works and how important it is to actually have that human contact. And while social media has its place and it's, it, you know, it's a, for me as a business, it's a great way of marketing, you know, at a low cost. There's nothing like a live event. There's nothing like being able to get up close and personal you know, with people, hear from them, talk to them, hear about their journey, hear about their experience and just take little bits of knowledge and information that can support you and help you on your journey.
0: Yeah, and I know that I recently spoke in an um, ACPET function, which is the Australian Council for Education and Private Training. And one of the things I've noticed is people are doing career assessments online and up comes a little box and it says, oh, you make a great nurse. Like that needs unpacking. Like it might say, oh, you're creative. Well, creative to you, Fave, and creative to me are two different things. So unless you can unpack one of those profiles with a person, it can mean a multitude of things. So I'm not a big favour for people Just doing an online test and taking it and running with it because it's a computer. Human contact, human mentoring, human... Yes. It's vital. It's Maslow. It's the first thing on the hierarchy. Yeah, you're right.
1: I mean, it might be cheaper to do something online, but you're not going to get, um, as you say, creativity can mean 10 different things to 10 different people. So, yeah. Might be cheaper, but you're doing yourself a disservice. Yeah, you in know? the long run, yeah, it's that's not.
0: Right. No, no. Well, Fabe, it's been great talking to you today.
1: Now, for our
0: listeners, particularly women, because that is our topic today, that are loathing their job, that have a bit of an idea, they might like to start a business or they just don't know what to do, give them two golden tips from your experience.
1: Okay, have a plan. Don't just jump ship, have a plan as to what you want to do as something if you're going to head in that direction, whether it's a small business, whether it's a change in career, and surround yourself with people who will support you. That's great, yeah. But thanks again for coming today. It's an absolute pleasure being here today, Sal. Looking forward to hearing more about Career Development Centre and what you, all the great things that you guys are doing. Thanks, Faye. Thanks, Bye-bye. Bye.
0: If you enjoyed this podcast and you would like us to appear in your feed, please hit the subscribe button and you're also welcome to leave us a review.
1: For more information, visit careerdevelopmentcentre.com.au.